click, load, listen, on the horn. On the horn.com. Yeah, better broadcasting from Hartford, Connecticut, the small business capital of the world. We are Open for Business, the podcast that explores all things business, entrepreneurship, technology, marketing, customer service, and making a few honest dollars for yourself. Bandwidth for On the Horn is provided by Amazon S3 servers. Amazon S3 is storage over the internet. Retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, reliable, secure, fast, and inexpensive. All from a name you trust. Amazon. For more information about Amazon S3 storage, visit aws.amazon.com. This is episode 48, Marketing Mistakes. Recognizing them, the cost of them, and avoiding them. Open for Business is sponsored by Gateway Financial Partners, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyerjack, Deepwater Seafood of Avon, and CentralCTDental.com. I'm Brian Parker, and I'm joined today, as always, by Zen Master Tommy Russo, co-owner of LNR Productions, a full-service advertising agency and audio-video production house, LNRProductions.com. Hello, Tommy. Hey, Brian. How are you this evening? I'm doing just fine. I'm just fine. It is a gorgeous day out today. Absolutely. We've had autumn has kind of come now. This is my favorite time of year. I was out for a constitutional this morning, and it was definitely here. About 40 degrees. Yikes. What is, con- in my world, constitutional? Having your morning constitution means something else. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> In my world, our world, can I hope, it's a walk, right? I can go either way. <laughs> we are also joined by Ken Cook, acclaimed author, who will, who's a very respected man and will not talk about his morning constitution here, I promise. <laughs> Thank Speaker, you. Fortune 500 consultant and contributor to Inc. Magazine, now running peertopeeradvisors.com. Check him out there, peertopeeradvisors.com. Hello, Ken. Hello. How's your constitution? My constitution is strong. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, how are you? (laughs) Our topic tonight, marketing and the mistakes we make. We do it all to some degree and we screw it all up to some degree. Tonight we explore more about what we do, what we should not do, and taking those lost dollars and turning them into revenue generating dollars. That will be very exciting. But first, to get us in the mood, Tommy Russo has his famous Tommy quotes. Tommy, take it away. Well, before we launch with the quotes, it it doesn't make sense for us to not acknowledge the anniversary of 9-11 11 years ago. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. So first and foremost, you know, on all of our behalfs, you know, our hearts and souls and prayers go out to, you know, all the families that in one way or another were impacted by that horrible tragedy. And Ken, I'll ask you a question. Where were you? The day of 9-11-2001. I was literally across the Hudson in North Jersey. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah, I was at a client's location, and coincidentally, my wife Candace was also down in North Jersey working with a client, and we both, uh, I called my client, canceled the day's work, went over to where she was, picked her up, took one of her co-workers, and we skedaddled, headed home to New England. Wow. Any problem getting home? Was it traffic um, or was it a pretty, pretty easy ride? A little bit of congestion getting out of North Jersey, but once we got out of that, we were okay. Got it. 
Well, you had a bird's eye view then because uh, a dear friend of mine lives in Fort Lee and based on her proximity. Uh, she saw it. She saw it. Yeah. She absolutely saw it. How about you, Mr. Brian? Where where were you the, that date 11 years ago? Well, I was, you know, when, when the towers came down, I was at work glued to the television. But uh, when they first struck, I was on uh, I was on 84 on my way to work. Think, you know, the first reports that we heard were a small plane exactly that came exactly. over. And I was like, well, that's very, very odd. And then as I'm driving the next, you know, 20 minutes or so, it starts to get a little more clear that this might have been something else. And I finally get to work. And I find out that it was a passenger jet. We're not sure where it's from, but it was a big passenger jet. Now, my father had been flying that day mm. from Connecticut, Hartford area. Uh, past New York wow. and down to Virginia. Wow. And my father uh, remembers flying by and looking out on September 11th, the morning of September 11th, looking out and seeing those two towers. And as he describes it, as he always does, isn't that beautiful? Those two big World Trade Center towers just anchoring there, mm. the southern end of, of Manhattan Island. And uh, he landed and uh, went to the uh, hotel, and he went out to play golf. Wow. And came back, and everyone around was kind of glued to the television set. You couldn't figure out what they were looking at. <laughs> and uh, the conference that he was going down to actually got canceled, and he had to, and he had to drive home. Hmm. But, uh, we, yeah, we were at work, um, not really sure what to sort of make out of all of it. Yeah, like the rest of us. Um, you know, everything was secure as far as our client uh, data goes, and this was not even this was Wall Street. You know, nothing was going to happen there. It's all kind of digital records, really. Hmm. So, uh, you know, we just sat there and, and watched, and I remember those towers falling. And my, it, it, my first thought was, that looks like one of those demolitions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just comes down perfectly, and uh, yeah. That just that that was my first thought. Actually, I remember seeing the second plane hit. Mm. I saw thinking that too. to myself, I wish they would stop showing the footage of this plane hitting the building. Yeah. Not realizing that was a second it kinda took me a second. Because you see the other plane go in. Yep. And you're like, wait, wait, no, one tower's already burning. Wait a minute. Is this a, is this a second one? Yeah. And then an hour later, and then an hour later, you know, we keep hearing more and more of these reports. You know, you didn't know what to do, but just look and just wait and pray and, and yeah, just say I don't know. It was something, I, and I had a client in L.A. that I was working with at that time, and whenever I would go visit him, I would always fly out of Logan in Boston, and the flight I took was the Logan flight that flew into the Trade Center. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wasn't engaged with the client at that day. Lucky. Wow. Well, here's wow. a here's a, a quick Tommy Rue story, uh, not related to what I was doing that day, but our company does a lot of work in the state of Maine, and back then we did an, ex an enormous amount of work up there. So it brought me up to the state on a regular basis, including uh, city of Portland. The station that I would visit up there would put me up at the DoubleTree, and I was up there every four weeks or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, and happened to enjoy the breakfast buffet at the hotel. There was a Middle Eastern man that headed up the omelet station, 
And because of the frequency of trips that I had up there, you know, we, we, I mean, we didn't get to know each other, but there was acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. He'd smile. And, and when he wasn't making omelets, he would be pouring coffee. And, you know, so I knew him, he knew me. And when I come back in, uh, fast forward to 9-11, three weeks after, two or three weeks after, I go back to visit the station. Uh, that morning, I'm at the breakfast buffet, not re cognizant that this gentleman's, you know, not there that morning. Anyway, uh, I get to the station, engage in conversation, of course, like the rest of the world was doing at that point in time. To make this long story short, that Middle Eastern man that was heading up the omelet buffet was one of the terrorists that flew the plane. Because if you remember, the terrorists flew from Portland, Portland to, to Boston, 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 Boston to the tower. To the tower. He was in, they brought me into their kitchenette at the station because I was in disbelief, just like you were. And they pointed to his picture on the wall. And sure enough, that was the guy that was making omelets, you know, a day before, or a week before. And he was one of the guys that flew the, you know, the plane into the tower. Wow. I know. Well, anyway, folks. Let's uh, move again, on. a tribute. We're going to move on. We're going to get back to my quotes. Can I get my sound effect one more time, Brian? Is you that want right? your sound effect again? I do. I do. I do. Here he is, Tommy Russo with Tommy Quotes. Okay. So we've got two really good quotes today. And again, I'm going to put you guys to the test. The first one is Jim Rohn. And the next one is David Ogilvy, and they're kind of related to what we're going to be talking about. David Ogilvy, okay. yeah, okay, so interesting, right? Okay, here we go. One customer well taken care of could be more valuable than ten thousand dollars worth of advertising. Let me say that again. One customer well taken care of could be more valuable than ten thousand dollars worth of advertising. And the next one is, you're not advertising to a standing army. You're advertising to a passing parade. Once again, you're not advertising to a standing army. You're advertising to a passing parade. Interesting. Who, Ogilvy, what was the other guy's name? Jim Rome. Jim Rome. Oh, my gosh. Number one is Ogilvy. Number two is Rome. Brian, I'm not letting you off the hook. Staring into space doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to guess... Boy, that's hard. So it's only a 45-minute yeah. show, bro. Dun, dun, All right. I'll, dun, I'll, you know, dun. I'm going to go Ogilvy uh, for the second one. Brian got it. Brian got All it. All right, Brian. Yes. Still undefeated. Thank <laughs> you very much. Maybe staring into space does help. <laughs> so with that standing army and passing parade, which I love that quote. Mind you, I don't know what the circuit is, but I'm going to guess back in the 60s or 70s that he came up with that. You know, that kind of segues us, Ken, I believe, right into the whole concept of if we're talking to a standing army and it's really a passing parade, that's a marketing don't. In today's day and age, it's not just a passing parade. It's a torrential run-by. My God. Yeah, a uh, drive-by. There you go. Drive-by I mean, marketing. They're going by us and faster than you can shake a stick. But, yeah, I... This topic for me was uh, inspiration in the shower kind of thinking. I was sitting there and I'm going, all right. I'm sitting here and not to bore anybody, but I've got a new product I'm going to be coming out with. And I'm thinking about my marketing tactics and I'm thinking, all right, what is it that I want to do this time? How do I want to get this to market? And like many entrepreneurs, my budget's limited. It's specific. I know what I'm allocating for it and I don't want to go beyond that. So what mistakes don't I want to make? 
And that's what got me to what are the top marketing mistakes. And uh, I, I, I've got a couple articles that I noted on it that were really on point for me. But one of the most important ones, and Tommy, I'm sure you can relate to this, is that marketing is not about what you do solely. It is about thinking about what you're going to do. Who am I going to connect with? Who are the target markets? Because you can't market to everybody. If you market to everybody, you're reaching virtually nobody. So it's all about being very specific and strategic in your thinking. Absolutely. And I mean, that is often, you know, based on the industry that I'm in, you know, marketing, advertising, communications, that's often the mistake that a vast uh, number of our clients make is they're trying to be a little bit of everything to everybody and they don't take the time up front to do, and I've used this this analogy on more than one occasion, they don't do that doer's profile. Exactly. They don't they don't fine tune who that target is. And part of that fine tune processing or process I should say to understand that that individual has certain media consumption habits. Yep. And when you learn that then you have a better shot of execution of great creative and then targeting with that great creative through the appropriate media. Yeah. That's the name of the game. It is. I mean, for me, it, it, I always like to think about the sales, cre getting a sale from the client's point of view. And a client really has about four steps they're going to go through. Step number one, I'm going to become aware of you. I know who you are. Step two, comprehension. I not only know who you are, but I know what you do. Step three is conviction. I not only know what you do, but I'm convinced you do it well. And finally, the order, which is you do it well enough, I'm willing to give you money for it. And for me, marketing and sales is that simple, from awareness to comprehension to conviction to order. And marketing is the awareness and comprehension part. It is creating a product awareness, a brand awareness, an awareness of who an individual salesperson is in the market with the market being properly defined. Brian, you and I were talking earlier, and I said profitable customers equals a sustainable business. And you very astutely said as long as there's enough of them. Because if you don't have a broad enough market, if the pond isn't big enough to sustain what you're trying to do with the business, you're never going to get there over the long haul. So the, the focus is really the key. Thinking small in order to grow but not so small that the growth is anemic. I think the other issue is is that it always seems to be the add-on thought or the last possible link in the business plan. I am amazed at how many business owners I have come in contact with over the past 30 years that when asked if they have any kind of marketing plan slash marketing budget, the answer is no. They haven't allocated any thought, let alone energy, to creating some kind of plan and then committing even minimally six months worth of revenue to be able to support that budget. Yeah, and small that that's notorious for small business. Obviously, the larger businesses, I think, pay much more attention to it. But smaller businesses, yeah, they're... Uh, seat of the pants marketers for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I have a tough time knowing what I should market. You know, Tell me product, more. service. What is it that's going to make someone pull the trigger? I, I guess I don't want to waste money marketing something or a message that I know is not going to work. Hmm. And so I would rather fumble along and do the referral route, which is not marketing to me. That's networking. Correct. I would rather do that because it's basically free, you know, gas and time, um, than spend time on any kind of marketing campaign because I don't want the, I don't want to lose the money and I don't know what my customers are going to respond to. I have no idea. Have you ever asked them? Uh, they, people come to me by referral, so that's what they responded to. But it, and it was quite possible they don't know. Because if someone asked me, why do you use this guy? It's not because of marketing. It's because uh, I know a guy who knows a guy, and this guy seems like a nice guy, so that's why I'm going to do it. So you know, maybe it's just me that I have never responded to marketing. You know, so I don't really know. I always want to have some kind of direct connection. So I spend all of my time and effort on, on networking as opposed to marketing. How about you, Ken? Are you, do you find yourself responding to marketing in one form or another? I think we all do to some degree because good marketing hits you emotionally. But I think, Brian, you make a great point, particularly for a professional services firm like yourself. Business through referrals is the predominant way that most professional service providers get their new clients. Tommy, you the, you're the same way. I mean, you're a marketing company, but I'd say if I, I don't know your books and your client list at all, but if I were to go back and look at the last year's worth of new clients, I'd bet seven or eight out of 10 of them come to you through referrals. No question about it. Yeah. And <clears throat> there's a difference between building a relationship with a referral and marketing. Marketing to me is about creating a presence in the marketplace for who you are. And it is not about what you do. It is about creating an opportunity for an emotional connection. So it's all about gaining access to a particular audience and just saying to you, saying to them, we're here. We're not only here, but we're here with something that we believe you will value. Okay. And the value is defined not in factual terms, not rationally. It's defined emotionally. There was one comment here, um, betting on rationality. The mistake's subtle but dangerous. Marketing planning is often a left-brain effort where uh, exercises like budgets and strategy take place, but consumers make their decisions emotionally. You know all of the glossy brochures you see the auto companies put out on their cars? Yes. You know why they do that? Um, so you can see the car in different light? No, so you can feel good about the car you just bought. So you can feel good about the car you just bought? Precisely. How do you figure? Aren't that for people that haven't bought a car yet? <coughs> no. They're, right. pe they're for people who have made the emotional decision that I'm going to get the Boss Cobra 302 2013 Mustang in jet black so I can look like Steve McQueen in Bullet. Dude, you're getting that car too? Yeah, exactly. Oh, forget it. 
Well, hey, we <laughs> saw the old 65 out in the parking lot. Oh, line. we did. That, that, uh, what was it last pretty? week? Yeah. Last week, there was a beautiful cherry, cherry bread. Really? Oh, Prime. Oh, it was so beautiful. This guy took great care of it. And it's for sale. Is it? It was for sale. Yeah. I not, asked Ken, hey, you want to you go Hamsies? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much that would be. I'm in condition like that. I'm, I'm guessing 30, 40 grand. Oof. All right. Yeah, no, that's unreasonable. I don't know. I, I'm, for, that's a for wild a car guess. that's just gonna, you know, for, waste away. It's a toy. Well, it, it's a toy with no traction on the back end. Did you ever drive one of those things on I a wet have. road surface? Well, I drew a Fishtail uh, City baby, '68 <laughs> Mustang. I had a '66. '68. Yeah. That was fun. But what we just talked about with the car—that's yeah. emotional. Yeah, that's emotional. And our decisions on cars are emotional. But well, see, you can get emo- you can't get emotional about mutual funds. You can't. You really can't. No, I don't get emotional about a mutual fund. I get emotional about thinking 25 years in the future and my financial security and my fear that the money's going to run out and looking at Brian and saying, does this guy have the smarts not to screw up? Can I tell you, you could give me, if you only gave me uh, $10,000 a year, if you save $10,000 a year, in 10 years, you know what I could make that? I could make that $150,000. I don't believe you. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You don't believe me? No. I mean, you're going to give me $100,000 of it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That that doesn't sound all that impressive to me either. It doesn't sound, and it's really not. But, you know, that's what what you could do in the market. You know, it's not really, you know. But the point, there's the emotional component. The amount of money. when someone makes a promise, yeah, of what they can do in the future, and that was not such, a promise to anyone, that, such as a return on a mutual fund investment, that that's always questionable because you're trying to look into the crystal ball or spin the eight ball and say, okay, future is solid kind of thing. Yeah, but if you sit there and say, look, I've got a client base where over the last fifteen years. I have, on average, increased every client's portfolio on a per annum basis by 9.375%, which outperforms the market across the board. Well, see, that I can do. I can tell you how much I outperform the market. The rest of that is, I can't even imagine the math that would have to be, I mean, because you're not allowed to co-mingle client data, so there's, I'd have to do that by hand. But non-investors... People with money that they want to protect, yeah, their motivation factor is fear. It's always it, fear is the greatest motivator in the world for decisions. For twelve years, I have been able to uh, give my clients eighty percent of the up markets and shield them from fifty percent of the down market. How's that? That's pretty good. Sounds like a brochure line, right? And to me. How many lines do I need for the poll? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought we were working on the direct mail piece. <laughs> we, we can also do that, yes. The if you want your money it, to last, call me first. The emotional part of it is the benefit of how you're going to impact my life, right sh- short-term or long-term. It That's has it. nothing to do with features. It has nothing to do with 9.2% or, no. or blah, 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 blah. None of that. It's how you are going to make me feel and the comfort in your particular industry, the comfort that my life will possess when I 
put my dollars in your hands and your trust. Yeah, and, and it's it's all about benefits. When I was selling in the IT industry in the 80s, we were told bits, bytes, and bods, no way. What you're, what you're selling back then is the fact that it's not going to crash. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And too many people, when they market, one of the mistakes they make is talking about what they do as opposed to what someone gets. Right. As you just said, Tommy, it's all about what you're going to do for me short-term and long-term. You know, that is an excellent transition because I have a story about what someone gets, what you get. I have feeling the fish are involved in no, this. No, what you get when you go to see our friends at centralctdental.com. This is a real story. It just happened. Very good friend of mine. We were in a uh, in a golf tournament this past weekend, and you know you, you go around. It's one of these you know three day things, so it, it you know it goes on forever. On Friday, in the second round, very good friend of uh, of mine bites into a peach, and his front two teeth chip off Ooh. from the pit. Now. Aside from the fact that we were calling him Redneck Ron for the rest of the day, and he was miserable too because it hurt, and his nerves were exposed, so we couldn't breathe very hard because it, you know, it it was terrible. So we call up Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. As it turns out, Sambor and Lupini on the course playing in the tournament, but Doctor Camp was available. <laughs> By the beginning of Saturday morning's round at 8.08 a.m. Ron had his teeth already fixed. Cannot even tell that anything was wrong with them. And I mean perfectly fixed. Fabulous. I, I was amazed. So in less than a few hours, Dr. Camp took care of my friend Ron because uh, Dr. Camp's partners were playing in the same golf match. Um, but that that is that's what you get. When you go, that's the kind of service you get. Call me anytime. What What's wrong? It's 7 o'clock at night. You just been into a peach? <laughs> Give me a call. I will show up. I know it's miserable. He understands that having a busted tooth or something or a toothache is miserable. He's going to get it right. He's going to get you in. And he's going to do it. You know what I also heard? No charge. NC. Really? No charge. Very nice. Whoa. Just go in there. This he wants, he wants to take care of your teeth. He wants to take care of your teeth. He wants you to come in, he wants to get the cleaning, he wants to do all that, give you some advice on how to floss, what things to buy. Uh, emergencies, always going to be there. CentralCTDental.com. Three terrific doctors, Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Steve Lupini, for serious issues or routine checkups. Go nowhere else. Easy to get to on the Plainville Farmington line. Give them a call at 860-747-5761 or... If it's not an emergency, you can make an appointment online. Very cool. CentralCTDental.com. Ron is very happy. I kid you not. We, you know, we had a big, you know, dinner, a big gala that night afterwards on Saturday night. Looked great. He was great. He was happy. He was jovial. My bet is that he ate bananas instead of peaches, though. <laughs> <laughs> he may that, not. He may have passed in all the other peaches. With yeah. Gerber on the jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, then he could have a peach if he was. But those are great guys. But that's you know you're absolutely right. What it's the whiffum. 
what's in it for me? You got it. It's the whip em. What What's in it for me? And I think that's important in marketing. Well, it's critical. And I mean, we talked at the beginning of the show in the introduction about talking about mistakes. Yeah. And not which ones to avoid. And I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head that the number one mistake to avoid is selling the wrong thing. To your question earlier, Brian, sell to their emotion. Don't right. sell to right. your capabilities. Right. The second thing, the mistake that we pointed out, focus. Make sure that you are playing in a small enough pond of opportunity that you're not trying to be something to everybody. Okay. Okay. The third one, which I wanted to make sure we had time on, is diagnostics. Because when you're marketing, as you say, Brian, you said it earlier, I don't want to waste my dollars. Yeah. And if you have a strategy, if you know what you're going to do, and you're executing that strategy, and you're mm -hmm. not getting mm -hmm. the results you're looking for, diagnostics demand that you always go to your execution first, not your strategy. Seven out of ten times, if this marketing program is not working, it's the implementation of the program being done poorly rather than the strategy being bad. Now, did they expound on that? Is that the creative execution? Is that the media placement execution? Or is it some happy combination of the two? Yes. Okay. I mean, it, 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 execution is a very broad term, but it r literally applies to the creative, to the placement, to the media mix, to uh, the messaging, making sure that you have a message that connects with the emotions of the client base that you're trying to reach. And it, it, it's a funny dynamic. If you, if I can have our audience imagine the proverbial four square matrix, and you've got good and bad strategy on the top, and you've got good and bad execution down the side. The matches are the best place to be. Good strategy, good execution, and you're winning. Bad strategy, bad execution, you know to kill it right away. But if you mix them, if you have bad execution with a good strategy, right? you, you really have a problem there because you never know if the strategy is good because the execution is so bad it's masking it. Or, right, or the flip side of it, if you have good execution and a bad strategy, you could be even in worse shape because you're so good at implementation that you're implementing something that shouldn't work and is not going to be the most advantageous thing for you in terms of a bad strategy. Which is a nice problem to have. Um, I'd rather have the good execution. Yes. No, I agree. Because, you know, what? It, it, it streamlines you to uh, tweaking, you know? Yeah. Tweak your message and, and, and get out there and do it again. Here's my thought, though. I think coming up with the message is the hardest part. To me, the metrics, which is really what you're talking about, tracking this stuff, how, mm -hmm. good, how good are you doing? That seems, I don't know, maybe it's just my mind. That's easy. That's easy to do. Yeah. I mean, you can almost do that. You know, you can almost do that in your head. If Small it's a big business, campaign, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if it's a big business, you you, you got to get. You gotta get here's SS. an example of a campaign in this marketplace. Okay. That I think represents good strategy, uh -huh. horrible execution. <laughs> oh, good. We get to pick on somebody. <laughs> okay. Yet, because they've been around so long, thank you, um, Pink Floyd, we've become comfortably numb 
with their horrible execution. Why, I don't know who you're talking about there, Tommy. Uh, uh, Is it this guy? Hey. <laughs> That's who I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Is it okay for us to mention? Yeah, he's not a sponsor. Go ahead. <laughs> it's Bob's right. Discount Furniture. Right I remember the boss. When that first came, that campaign first came out of the air, it was like, oh, my God, you have to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. Yeah. This is really uh, – they blanket it, and they still blanket the marketplace. Radio, TV, uh, Yellow Pages. Now, why is it bad execution in your mind? Um, and I have, like, I believe a high percentage of the population – I have become comfortably numb, but here's why. Production values in their um, their TV and radio commercial is almost virtually non-existent. They're camp. They, they're camp, and, but you know what, though? They do the camp well they do. because they know this is discount furniture. We're not spending a lot on you know production value. You know who does it really poorly? Bad production are car dealers car dealers with bad production look sleazy yeah well, let me ask you a question have either one of you yeah. ever been into a bob's discount location i yeah. have okay now do, when you walk in based on that camp and less than great i'm being polite here production values right was the experience what you thought it was going to be when you first went into that store it was it was it wasn't for me I expected it to be, you know, uh, a, a throwback to Deliverance. But da 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 da. I I did. I mean, it wasn't much better than that. But I mean, well, I mean, not not the my stores time. Are, the store that I was in was well appointed. The <laughs> furniture was laid out in semi room formats. Yeah, yeah. But what about the salespeople though? The That's, salespeople oh, descended on you horrendous. like lost to a flame. Horrendous. So I had a different expectation. I expected it because of the campy, homespun feel that when I walked in, yeah. it was going to be, hey, fella, you know, whenever you're ready, you come and yeah. you ask us. And it was just the opposite. It, it, yeah, they're commissioned. No, yeah. They're all commissioned. Absolutely. And that that's why Bob can sell it at a discount because he doesn't pay his salespeople anything. They only make what they kill. So do you guys disagree with me then? That's what I'm hearing, that you think it's not only a good strategy but good execution? I think it's good execution, if no other metric, that it's the number one discount furniture retailer in the Northeast. Let me ask you, though, <laughs> 20 years ago, would you have responded in the same way? Or like me, have you become comfortably numb to commercials that are slapped together in about eight seconds? I, might, I can't speak to 20 years ago, but he set my expectations with his commercials. I walked into a store expecting dissent from salespeople, furniture that was right. B, B minus quality, right, right. and uh, leather sofas with recliners built into them for the 350 pound couch potatoes of America. Yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> that's I, what I, it is. I 100% agree. <laughs> this is so funny. <clears throat> Chat room agrees with you. They were expecting Uber. Dumpy, no. Who Thank you, chat room. Okay, um, and <laughs> and also that the salespeople tremendously, let's say, forward, pushy, yeah. Un unbelievable. Uh, in fact, uh, this is breaking news right now. I I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, right now, breaking news: there is actually a Bob's Discount Furniture guy outside of one of our chat room listeners' houses right now. It followed him home today. 
that they're trying to sell. <laughs> trying to sell. So a new marketing strategy. It's called harassment. <laughs> it's so new for Bob's if you walk in the door. <laughs> but I mean, now, and you know, you, you're from you're from both audio and visual and video uh, production. I am very much in the you know my mind is 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 radio production. How good is your commercial? And it didn't have to be great. Some of the best commercials. Uh, there's a Riscassi and Davis commercial, which is a law firm. I'm very familiar with it. There's no glitz, no glamour. A guy, a beautiful voice, and a guy, and he has one line that sticks with me. And he goes, please don't choose us because of a radio commercial. We don't think you should pick your lawyer the same way you should choose a laundry detergent. I thought that is That's like the cool. best line I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear some of the and like the uh, now why was the, that a good line for you? It just it just mm, that's mm, what, what does mm, mm mean? Don't choose me like you choose your line. It just kind of it sets an emotion. The bird at all the other commercials, I guess. It made it stand out from all the other commercials. It wasn't selling me. It was informing me. And it elevates that law firm. Yeah. And in it your does. emotional state, it, it says, does. I'm confident in these guys. Yeah, I, 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 I like those guys uh, because of that. Now there are, um, there's this thing called a donut, which is, uh, you know, you have a little announcement um, for the commercial, and then the main message, and then you have another little piece at the end. So it's kind of like a donut. There's a little hole in the middle for the message, and then it's surrounded by these two bookends. And I don't like the car dealers that do the flip flop of the bookends. Instead of just saying, hi, this is so-and-so from here, and here's the list of deals, and then here's my disclaimer at the very end that screws all the other stuff up. What they do now is they they put the disclaimer at the very beginning, so it sounds like it's a disclaimer for the commercial that just ended, hmm. and then they get into the meat of their product, and then their disclaimer's done. They're, they're done. All they're doing is, is push, 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 push. It, just, it, it makes me sad when I see that because now you're trying to screw people who are listening to you. You know, you're not only invading their entertainment, there but could now be you're probably trying... no worse outcome for a commercial than to have a rec have the the listener yeah. think that you're trying to screw people. I mean, I can't think of a worse outcome than that. Yeah, it's Bob Bannum from something, something, wow. something. That's uh, all I know. I just remember his name. Yes, up in uh, Waterbury area. Yeah, it's a, it's a Nissan dealership. I've I had the pleasure of working with Bob many years ago when he was at Hart Nissan. Yeah, and he is every bit what his commercials convey. Oh yeah, he's a yeah. Yes, not he a would, nice guy. Right. In Thank our you. opinion, <laughs> <laughs> that started off as sarcasm from Tom and went straight to explicit. <laughs> And and that's too bad. I mean, and because you know what, the the commercials are just they, they can do so much for you. The best commercials are, I don't know the best commercials, but very good commercials and very thoughtful commercials are uh, McDonald's. McDonald's does this kind of radio commercial called a thirty thirty, which right. is basically they do a thirty second commercial, piggyback, start to end, and then they just do another thirty second commercial. You Same buy radio. Product? Same, pro well, different, uh, you know, it's a little different theme, a little different spin. It's right. a different uh, right. tone of commercial for, you know, they might do a, a, a you know, like breakfast meal and then a lunch meal. I don't know, whatever right. they want exactly. to do. Exactly. But they do it a little differently, different voices, different set, different, you know, character themes or whatever. Mm. 
you buy the commercials in radio in, in 60 second increments you buy minute spots and the 3030 is nice because it's quick and easy and then it's quick and easy you get two little morsels of entertainment yep and you're done unlike these other commercials that sometimes drone on Four hours. Yeah. I mean, the best thing that I think I ever sold was uh, 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 like traffic spots. Ten seconds, in and out. You know? Yeah. Cheap, cheap, cheap. In and out. Absolutely. That's all All you're really doing with radio is getting your name heard. But Be one tight. of the things that McDonald's does unbelievably well, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt, Ken, but the most of the time they're, they're promoting the benefits of enjoying McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. You know they really, really are. There's a we're Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin'. What a great line that is. That is a good line. You know Absolutely. McDonald's is advertising sweet French fries. Uh, sweet potato French fries? No, sweet French fries. Really? It's putting sweet. sugar on French fries. Oh, well, you yeah. know who does that is uh, uh, the Wooden Tap. Well, they actually do it with uh, sweet potato fries, and then they put melted fluff on oh top God. of it. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something, folks. What are we doing after the show? It doesn't suck. Uh. It, it doesn't suck. See, that would be another benefit. It doesn't suck. <laughs> mm. Cheap and pricky like Parker. What the hell, chat room? What the heck is that about? Someone's got to explain that one to me. That wasn't very nice. Uh, do we want to get a last point in here there, Kenny Ken? I have one last one, and that is that if you are like Brian and most professional service providers... Your marketing is geared towards generating referrals. It's geared towards generating opportunities to build relationships. If you are selling broader B2B product and B2C products, consult an expert. Call Tommy, call somebody. Because as you just evidenced in the last three to five minutes of talking about commercials and how to produce them, there's a lot of a lot of knowledge that needs to be there in order to do them well. I agree. And, you know, we guarantee that every advertiser here will make ten times what they produce here for their radio spots. I believe you. Yes. And I'll only charge them 20 times more. And we'll only charge you 20 <laughs> times more. But look at the, the results time. you're going to get. But you look will at the sleep results. well at night. <laughs> That's right. No nightmares at 4 a.m. Chat room says, uh, this was a good show. I'm so fired up. I don't know. I guess that's good. We, we set him on fire. We, we oh fired my up God. the chat room. That's great. That's terrific. It was that whole Bob's discount conversation? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I th yeah. He's got a lot of emotional attractions and and such. I think. Anyway, thank you all I for met Evan. for listening. He's not a three hundred and fifty pound couch potato, is he? Evan is not. No, he's good. very. He's a skinny guy. Cool. He's skinny and tall, like all great internet nerds. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. <laughs> we could not do this show without our sponsors. Bob's Discount for... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Amazon.com, Gateway Financial Partners, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyer Jack, Deepwater Seafood of Avon, and CentralCTDental.com. Look out for those peaches. Special thanks to our chat room moderator, Evan Richards. We're closing up shop for this week. But join us next Tuesday night at 5 when we will once again be open for business. We'll see you. Cheers. Take care.